All right, we are recording, so whenever you're ready. All right. Welcome. Did I peek there? No. Welcome to week two. This week is B for Back to the Future. I am Danger. I am Sarge, and I'm going to have to interject for a second. Would it be week two or episode two? Episode two? Yeah, let's go episode two. Let's go episodes. Okay, episodes yeah. from this point forward. Episode two. All right. So Revenge of the Danger. Revenge of the Danger. That uh, assumes that you did something to me to have revenge on. Maybe. Which, you've not done anything to me on air. No. To feel a sense of revenge. So, Back to the Future. We all know this classic movie. I personally like the second one the best. Which one's yours? Third. The third is the one I don't like the most. I mean, I love the third one. Why? Because his name's Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Well, in the first one, his name was Calvin Klein. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all based off of the uh, band on his underwear, which is a great you know, joke for what the 80s were at the time and whatnot. And, you know, I guess my name would be Russell, you know, based on what my underwear says. But, um, you know, Back to the Future has been a favorite of mine since I was a kid. I always loved the first two. Not, again, uh, not, not a big fan of the third one. Did you know that there was actually a fourth one that was tentatively planned? It was actually more by Christopher Lloyd wanting to push it where they go to ancient Greece. Yes. It's, I did know that. I, I think that would have been an interesting one, especially considering in in the third one, they found uh, the lineage of who they were. I'd like to find the uh, see what the lineage of the McFlies would have been, uh, especially <laughs> in ancient Greece, considering the McFly is an Irish name. You know, how would they have found those in Greece? No clue. Or would they have gone with finding Doc Brown's family, which I feel like would have been more German, which would have been Braun? You know, I I don't know. I we will never know because they have been uh, they have stated multiple times. Uh, Bob Gale, the writer, and Robert Zemeckis, the director, have stated there will never be a sequel or reboot. Not as long as they own the rights. Right. Right, which I believe that there is uh, something within the contract saying that the rights will go to their kids and to their family, and and they've agreed to not make, uh, not allow there to be a reboot or a remake or sequel ever made. Of course, I think a uh, a sequel for Back to the Future without. Um, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd would just be a terrible thing. It would be like the sequels they made to Home Alone without Macaulay Culkin. Just not right. Bless their hearts for trying. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think there ended up being five of them overall, and the, I've never seen the other three. I have no desire to. So, But, uh, yeah, I, I have no desire for there to be any more. I don't feel like there's a need for it. I feel like it captured a perfect time in, ah, uh, pun, 
I feel like it captured a perfect time in movies and what was there. And I think it's, you know, I think it's always a good story when there's things like this one where the script was rejected 44 times before it was finally greenlit. And I'm curious as to what caused it to be to be greenlit on that 45th time. So, no idea. Yeah. I don't either. There's a there's a great documentary on Back to the Future called Back in Time that I recommend watching. Um, saw it a good number of years ago. I think it actually ended up being more um, self-funded than and self-distributed. I know it uh, it was something like 90 days from rap to release, you know, which is unheard of. But um, so within Back to the Future, I don't want to get into the loopholes and time travel and whatnot, but I think it actually piqued my interest in time travel early on. And it's caused me to, I guess, have a passing interest in it for 35 years or however old it was the first time I saw it. I've always just found time travel to be interesting and really the theory behind it. But I, uh, I, I ran some numbers and I've learned that the human body can only withstand up to nine G's for just a few minutes. After that, bones start breaking, organs start compressing to the point of not working at all. And so the speed of light, which it said there's no way to travel back in time right now, there is only, it's only theorized that you could slow the time uh, by traveling the speed of light. You know, there's, there's not been any way found to move forward in time even just to slow it and that's moving at the speed of light which the speed of light is 2,099,792,500 or meters a second which is stupid fast so if we were to increase ourselves from zero to that fast over the course of an hour our bodies would feel 8,491.76 Gs. There's no way a person could survive time travel, moving at just the speed of light, and that's just to slow it down. Uh, Superman no. did it. Superman did it in the first movie to reverse time, and Superman is an alien, and that was a dumb movie. I did not like any of those Superman movies. Man, you're not supposed to insult our audience. I'm not insulting the audience. I'm just saying that I didn't like Superman movies. What if that's their favorite movie? Well, then I'm going to disagree with them. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I do have a program from the red carpet release of Superman, which is kind of cool. So, But so while most people think of time as a constant... Albert Einstein showed that time is an illusion. It's relative. We all know that that was one of his things. Um, it can vary for different observers depending on your speed through space. Einstein, or to Einstein, time is the fourth dimension, which I've never heard anything outside of time defined as the fourth dimension. But space is described as three-dimensional area, which provides traveler with coordinates. Showing location, the... Uh, time provides another coordinate, direction, 
So if we're going to look at space as a whole and what it would be to actually move through time, we would actually have to consider that in as a fourth dimension. So, you know, we move in different directions. So time would be where we go within it, if that makes any sense. It does. What you're talking about is taking a XY axis, adding a Z axis to put a point on it. Right. And then we have to put that, that point in different places in an area that we can't physically or can't mentally really picture. A lot of people, I think, have trouble thinking in that fourth dimension. So, and the most common uh, example that I've seen in any movie, and it's happened over and over again, is where, you know, people take a piece of paper, fold it over, and punch a hole through it with a pen and say, you know, you move from this space to this space instantaneously. So, I believe that that's probably the most accurate portrayal of, you know, a visualization of time travel. Right, I'm going to have to throw the penalty flag here. Go for it. Okay. So that reference you're referring to was first, uh, uh, what was the name of the movie? Uh, Event Horizon was what that movie was in, right? It's been in a lot of movies. But yeah, on. but I'm talking for the people that are probably watching this have probably not seen the earlier movies. So we're going to go Event Horizon. Yeah. So, you know, we're not talking about time. We're talking about space. Right. So in, in, in that reference, bending space is not the same as bending time. Time is time. Space is a distance of measure. Right. And I'm just referring to, as Albert Einstein did, that time is the fourth dimension, which would be the sheet of paper. Maybe. Okay. Well, it's all a maybe because time travel is not theoretically possible. Sure it is. Theoretically, it's not. Sure it is. Explain. Well, I mean, there's people out there that still believe the Earth is flat. Right. So they probably also believe that time travel exists. And, you know, we who are we to upset their beliefs? I'm Danger and you're Sarge and we're here to upset. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe we should change the name of the podcast to Let's Shake It Up. <laughs> All right, so continue on with your... Fun facts. All right. So um, some of the time travel theories, one of which is the infinite cylinder. Astronomer, uh, astronomer Frank Tipler proposed a mechanism where one would take matter that's 10 times the sun's mass and roll into a very long, dense cylinder. After spinning this up a few billion times, a few billion revolutions per minute, a spaceship nearby following a precise spiral around the cylinder, would get itself on a closed time-like curve. According to the Anderson Institute, there's, there are limitations to this method, however, including the fact that the cylinder needs to be infinitely long for this to work. So, in this example, the only way to time travel is to have a closed, infinitely big cylinder which is impossible to build. Unless you have spent the entire brown fortune 
<laughs> on a flux capacitor. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Ronald Reagan was also president. Or it was, uh, he was, but it was also a joke, which was actually, um, I learned that uh, when Ronald Reagan saw the movie, he actually thought it was so funny that he uh, he uh, made the projection to stop and rewind it just so he could watch the part again, and then referenced it in one of his speeches where he said, "Where we're going, we don't need roads." <laughs> yeah. So, um, black hole is another one. Uh, another possibility would be to move a ship rapidly through a black hole or to an artif- or to artificially create a condition with a huge rotating structure. Around and around they go, experiencing just half the time of everyone far away from the black hole. The ship and its crew would be traveling through time, physicist Stephen Hawking wrote in the Daily Mail in 2010. So a black hole would be another way to do it, but we also don't know because we've never gone into a black hole because um, there's two, two sides to that. Either it compresses things to a point where we would feel that uh, 8,491 Gs, or it would stretch you so far that you would snap like a rubber band. So, you know, black holes are probably not the safest way to go about. The cosmic string theory um, allows for potential time travelers um, something called the cosmic strings. Sorry, I'm I wrote my notes as if I wasn't talking. (laughs) Um, Narrow tubes of energy stretched across the entire length of the ever-expanding universe. These thin regions left over from early cosmos are uh, predicted to contain huge amounts of mass and therefore could wrap the space-time around them. So we would have to find a cosmic string to be able to... uh, to try this but nobody has ever found one of these cosmic streams it's just a theory and that's where i say theoretically it's not possible well we'll see if we find a cosmic string then sure let's go for it <laughs> i mean i'm all for trying to see you know what we can do of course i do uh i do I think there's the, the the image floating around the internet that's great uh, that says, you know, time traveler party and nobody shows up. <laughs> so, um, and time machines. It is ge- uh, generally understood that time tra- that traveling forward or back in time would create road would require a device, a time machine. Um, time machine research often involves bending space time so far. The time turns back on themselves, forming a loop, technically known as a closed, uh, closed time-like curve. To accomplish this, time machines are often thought need an exotic form of matter with so-called negative energy density, such as exotic matter has bizarre properties, including moving the opposite direction of normal matter when pushed. Such matter could theoretically exist, but if it did it might present only in quantities too small for the construction of a time machine. However, time travel suggests that time machines are possible without exotic matter. The work begins with a donut-shaped like hole enveloped within a sphere of normal matter. Inside this donut-shaped vacuum, space-time could get bent upon itself using focused gravitational fields I suddenly can't read. 
to form a closed time-like curve. To go back in time, a traveler would race around inside this donut going further back into the past with each lap. This theory has a number of obstacles, though. The gravitational fields required to make such a closed time-like curve would have to be very strong, and manipulating them would have to be very precise. So, <clears throat> within this, it's, you know, it's seen as a single device, as in um, the uh, warp, the warp drive in Star Trek, uh, which I've always found to be preposterous, but it's, you know, it's it's sci-fi, so we allow the, prepost the preposterous things to happen. But, um, you know, uh, the flux capacitor in Back to the Future was just a small thing affixed to the back of the DeLorean, which um, there were actually, DeLorean actually for a short time made uh, body kits to go onto their DeLoreans, which this movie was the only thing that saved the company for, what was it, six more months afterwards because John DeLorean blew all the money. But, you know, the, the flex capacitor was such a small thing, and if you remember, it was really three lines that, you know, that had lights on them that ran into a single point. So it was not a donut-shaped structure that would allow time to move freely. Okay. I'm just, within researching time travel and what it would take, I realized the flux capacitor was uh, wrong <laughs> in many ways. It was just, it was wrong. So, you know, and it was great for the sci-fi purposes of the movie and, you know, allowing time travel. We only saw the front of the flux capacitor. We never got to see the inner workings of the flux capacitor at all. No, we didn't get to see the inner workings of it, but we know that it took nuclear power that came from uh, the Libyans' um, bomb, and then at a later point, it, you know, it, it took trash and also the uh, uh, lightning. You know, it uh, it took and an the entire train. lightning strike. Sorry. And the train. And the train. Sorry, I forgot about the train because that comes out of the third movie, and I did not like it. Yes, I know. I know. Very disappointed in me, and that's that's fine. You can be disappointed in me. So, which um, it? How much? Do you remember how much power it took? To one point, one what's it? One point six like gigawatts or something like that. One point two one gigawatts. A gigawatt yeah, is equal to one billion watts, and most of the and uh, the light bulb, typically between sixty and a hundred watts. So 1.1 gigawatts would require power from more than 10 million light bulbs or one functional flux capacitor. So, you know, the gigawatt is uh, a preposterous thing within itself. You know, if we could ever actually get to harness that much power, we would be unstoppable. So, but something that we saw in Back to the Future was the grandfather paradox. Do you know what the grandfather paradox is? Mm, nope. All right. A classic example of the grandfather paradox in which the time traveler goes back and kills his parents or his grandfather, a major plot in Terminator movies or in Back to the Future, um, you know, interferes with the relationships, you know, as Marty was starting to interfere with his parents. 
and then the picture he started disappearing along with his siblings. Um, if that were to happen, some physicists say you would be uh, you would not be born in one parallel universe, but still in another. Others say that photons that make up light prefer self-consistency in timelines, which would interfere with your evil suicidal plans. So it's theorized that even within the grandfather paradox, the rules of physics would actually stop you from, you know, sleeping with your grandmother or your mother, however far back you go back in time. So there was an episode of Futurama where they go back in time to the 50s. Um, all is well as, or Roswell is in well. Um, and he actually... Uh, sleeps with his grandmother becoming his own grandfather and it doesn't affect the timeline at all and he still is born so i have to wonder did you know and i know they had four people with phds in the writing room of that show so you know i have to wonder did they actually explore the grandfather paradox and you know see that it's actually still possible in some way well, I mean, it all depends. Maybe in the grand scheme of things, he was the one that's supposed to, you know, start his family line with his grandma, even as weird as it is. Yeah. You know, it's been, there have been other science things that have been a lot more weird than that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, you, you do have to ask the question of, is that the way it was supposed to be in the timeline overall to begin with? You know, were you supposed to be the one that started planting the seed? So to speak. Yeah. You know, we all, man, I, I have a seed. You have a seed. We find trees to plant or ground to plant today. <laughs> yeah. So you have to wonder within the grandfather paradox, is it a paradox in the, the first place? You know, is, you know, is your, your, you beginning the lineage, is that actually what was supposed to happen to begin with? But then you have to wonder, has, time travel happened in the past to make you here to bring you here i don't know it gets big in your head really quickly so yeah yeah also humans may find it uh, may not be able to withstand time travel at all traveling nearly the speed of light would only make a, a centrifuge is the only way that we could actually fuel efficient way that we could actually come up with a way to actually get somebody to to that speed you know where it just goes around and around in a circle um uh, and that was actually said by jeff bullockison uh professor of physics at chapman university so there really is no fuel efficient way for us to get to the speed of light at this point at all so and you know going back to humans can only withstand nine g's so being in the centrifuge for an hour at a time would be awful let alone you would come out as a puddle of goop when it's all said and done so two 2015 articles by space.com describe different ways in which time travel works in fiction and the best time travel machines ever some methods include one way time travel to the future the traveler leaves home but people are left uh, but people he or she left behind 
might age or be dead by the time traveler time traveler returns. Um, did you ever see Interstellar? Mm, no. It was it was good if you ignore a lot of the uh, the theoretical science missteps within it. Um, you know, and considering that a lot of our just basis of what time travel is actually comes from movies like Back to the Future. Most of mine come the, from the first two movies, not the third one, because there's the better ones. Um, time travel by moving through higher dimensions, like in Interstellar, there are tesseracts, which is what I've learned is uh, was created outside of science fiction as a way to talk about time travel, but has been exaggerated by a huge amount within science fiction just as something to uh, describe or explain how to try travel through how to travel through time. Uh, there are tesseracts available in which astronauts can travel because the vessel represents time as a dimension of space. A similar concept is expressed in Madeline L. Ingalls, A Wrinkle in Time, which they made that Disney movie on in uh, 2018, but the book was actually published in 1963, where time is folded by the means of a tesseract. Uh, the book, however, uses supernatural beings to make time travel possible. So we have to, you know, outside of the time travel machine in a lot of science fiction movies, we also have to explore the supernatural beings which cause time travel. Which, aliens. Yes, aliens. Not saying it was, but it could be. Well, you know, it's, uh... Aliens. <laughs> um, maybe when we come back around in the alphabet, we'll do A is for aliens. Um, but, um... On the trivia side of things, not the time travel, it did take three hours to turn 23-year-old Leah Thompson into 47-year-old Lorraine. Um, and they also, uh, Michael J. Fox played his grandfather in the second movie. So, yeah, they just aged them with makeup. Which, actually, the uh, one of the fashion choices in the second one, where they had the double tie... I don't know if you remember it, the uh, the brief scene where they go into uh, where they come back to 1985 and he sees um, himself as older and um, working as the uh, businessman and flee from Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> is his boss. Yeah, he's wearing a double tie, hmm. which uh, do you know why the tie was actually invented? Mm, yes, because the Queen of England didn't want to see anyone's buttons, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she thought they looked like belly buttons, and it grossed her out. So uh, somebody created the uh, piece of fabric to just go over the buttons, so the double tie would actually expose the buttons again. You know, undoing the purpose of the tie in the beginning. So, um, And uh, the only scene that actually appears in all three films is... That of Doc sliding down the clock tower on the cable before the clock is struck by lightning. And stuntman Bob Yerkes, uh, who doubled for Christopher Lloyd during this scene, got extra payment for all three part, all three movies without ever having to do any work. Hmm. So, yeah. Fun. 
The University of California, actually, uh, University of California Film School's writing class used the screenplay for Back to the Future as a model for the perfect screenplay. I believe it. Yeah. I actually think all three movies um, actually are a perfect screenplay. It it really does a great job on all levels. So, um, and the sticker on the back of Doc's truck, one nuclear bomb can ruin your whole day. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I actually never knew what this, uh, what his sticker said. <laughs> um, but yeah, ask any survivor of Hiroshima. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll throw the day off. So, um, all right. So, traveling faster than light in Superman. Superman flies faster than light to go back in time to rescue Lois Lane before she is killed. The concept was also used in the 1980 novel Timescape by Gregory Benford, in which the protagonist sends hypothetical faster than light tachyon particles back to Earth in 1962 to warn of disaster. In several Star Trek episodes and movies, the Enterprise travels through time faster then light in the comic book and TV series The Flash, the super speedster uses a cosmic treadmill to feather. Excuse me, uses a cosmic treadmill to travel through time. So that actually begged the question to me: of is it important to move physically through space within the three, you know, the x, y, and z axis, or is it only important to move? fast enough through time to actually bend time. Well, I mean, it just really depends on a couple different factors, right? Which part of the science fiction theory that you actually believe, like in the movie Time Cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. Right? They just strap into a machine and they get shot at a brick wall and eventually they just, you know, phase out of existence and go back in time to wherever they need to go. So... Whereas with Back to the Future, um, he goes back in time. They leave at the Twin Pine Mall. He goes back in time. He hits one of the trees at Twin Pine Farm. Which actually, within that timeline that he created, if you pay attention, he goes back. The mall is actually labeled Single Pine Mall. Yep. I do remember that. So, I mean, it just honestly just depends on which part of the science fiction theory you actually believe. I mean. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I really have to ask myself, though, is it important to move physically or just, you know, could I stand still and vibrate like the Flash and actually move through time? Or do I actually have to move in a physical space? Well, that would pose, movement would pose a problem. The right. problem being is the trees that were in this lot before I started living here would magically show back up. So I have a high probability of smashing into a tree that wasn't there. Right. And if you are moving in a physical space, then, and at a speed that would allow you to move through time, there's no way in hell that you're going to be able to see what's in front of you before is just right there in front of you true that of course if you're moving fast enough do you move through it do you destroy the object or does it destroy you i guess that all depends on mass well s is for science <laughs> yeah yeah 
So, um, is time travel possible? While time travel does not appear possible, at least possible in the sense that humans would survive it, with the physics that we use today, the field is constantly changing, advancing in quantum theories, it could possibly provide some understanding of how to overcome time paradoxes. One possibility, although it is not necessarily led to time travel, is solving the mystery of how certain particles can communicate instantaneously with each other faster than the speed of light. So are we going to end up borrowing from a different area of science to, you know, combine two areas of science, two branches, to get to a point to where we can actually fathom how to travel through time? I doubt it. Okay. So when do you see that it would be something that we could actually use once? Not in my lifetime, so I really don't have an answer for that. Right, and I think that's actually a problem that we have is is really being able to think to a point of understanding what it would take to get there. And a, a clear example of this to me is we never saw what the next medium of audio was going to be. You know, we went from the uh, the wax cylinder you know, then up to the album and so forth and so on. And nobody ever saw that it was going to come down to a file on a computer. Nobody saw the CD coming. So within our, our, our thinking, within the way that we actually are putting together thoughts, I don't think we can actually fathom what it would take to travel through time. Well, when future Steven shows up, I'll be sure to ask him. Yeah, well, within your lifetime, it's not going to be possible, so future Steven's dead. I'm going to live forever. Oh, you know, I, I'm glad that you feel that way and that you think that way. You know, and I know going to the gym helps you get there, but I, Casey's not going to live forever. Just, just not going to happen. I am going to live long enough to watch all my enemies pass away. Well, <clears throat> I know that I've really only got about another, I, I would guess... I don't know, 20, 30 years. Really? Yeah. That low of a life expectancy? I've just accepted what I am. <laughs> so. All right. That is all I have on time travel. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. <laughs> it's, it's one of those topics that with, you know, we could go on for a long time on, but... I, it, it it really bends the brain. And that was one of the things that I found within my research that I really had to take a step back from from some of what I was reading and putting it together just because it goes down a deep hole. Deep, deep hole. And in talking about things that I don't understand that are well beyond my my uh, intellectual levels. Fair play. Yeah. I am... Um, I'm comfortable enough to admit when I've been outfoxed. So, so <clears throat> while Back to the Future is and always will be a fantastic movie, it is also a fantastic example of time travel and what can happen when we do it wrong and what can happen when a, you know, sports almanac <laughs> falls in the wrong hands and gets put in the wrong timeline. And then we get uh, somebody like Biff 
pissed. Yeah. Which, uh, his, uh, his butthead. Improvised. Yeah, completely improvised. Which, and, uh, what was the other one that he said? Um, hey, McFly. Yeah. Yeah. That was also improvised. It was also, uh, Billy Zane's first movie appearance was, uh, as his, one of his cronies. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. And with that, and I'm not, I'm not going to Doctor Who because Doctor Who's a stupid show. Yeah, so gonna go ahead and uh, insult the uh, the audience again. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So on the final insult. Um. Oh, also, uh, the first three songs that uh, Huey Lewis proposed to uh, to Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, they did not like at all. So he actually came back with Power of Love, and they could not get enough of it. And then he, uh, after viewing the movie for the first time with Power and Love in there, he came back with Back in Time. And uh, so we have the best hits of Huey Lewis. Yeah. Anyway, with that, my time is done. All right. Well, I am Sarge. And I am Danger. And we will see you in episode three.